Our New Testament scripture comes from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 49. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold... When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold... From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. It's the very word of God. Thank you so much, Beth. I'm, I'm smiling to myself. I've said it so many times, but I could listen to Beth read God's Word 
until the cows come home. And uh, each time, uh, it's so helpful for me. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that so much. Well, wow, uh, we're returning to this just absolutely phenomenal story again today. And I want to I try and do that. You know, it's going to take a miracle of God, but I'm going to try and do that, that transition where, where um, we read his story, his story, right? Um, but it becomes our story. We, we uh, let God's word speak to our individual circumstances as well. I mean, it's such a phenomenal thing, isn't it? If, if scholars are right and, and Mary at this time is 14 or 15 years old, uh, and she wakes up in the middle of the night, and, and there's a man in her room, right? Um, I can't tell you what would happen in my room if that happened, you know, but, but it's got to be absolutely phenomenally frightening kind of experience. And, and don't for a moment um, succumb to um, Hollywood's version of what an angel looks like, right? Um, tall, dressed in white, big, big wings, John Travolta looking kind of person, right? Um, big, big wings. Uh, or, or the opposite, remember that one? The fat little baby, right, uh, with, with a harp or something like that. Um, um, angels, the, the word literally means messenger. Angels look just like human beings, right? So there is a man in her, in her room, and, and, and she goes through this experience of realizing that God wants to speak to her, she goes through this incredible experience of realizing that God can and wants to use her, and to to I mean this is sovereign stuff. This this is change eternity kind of stuff, and and He chooses to use a fourteen year old girl, right? Um, wow, what could God do? If all of us would respond with that, with that same response that Mary had, what could he do in the world? See, I'm, I'm just going to believe that, that this happens much more often than we think. That, that a God who set apart every day before one of them came to be, God who, who has a, amazing plans to prosper us, to bless the world, to restore creation. Are you hearing all the gospel in that, right? To restore all things back to himself. Chooses to use people to do that. And I'm going to push it further here if I could. Chooses to use challenging circumstances in people's life to do that. So so I'm wondering if we can't again... Um, uh, draw uh, both insight but also strength, motivation, and purpose from the way that God revealed himself to, to Mary, right, uh, in Scripture today. I think of what kind of circumstances was she experiencing. You know, I, I picture Nazareth, and I cannot help but vision it like it is today, uh, Thriving metropolis, right? Uh, a relatively large town with bustling things, but it wasn't that way then. Nazareth, in in the time of this scripture, was 
probably just a tiny little burg of three or four extended families gathered around a source of water. Uh, and, and it was almost, it really was a byword among the people of Israel, right? What did they say when they heard that Jesus was from Nazareth? Do you remember what they said? Yeah, can anything good come I mean, Nazareth? I tried with all my heart to think of a parallel here. For those of you from Elberfeld, I was tempted to use Elberfeld. But, but Elberfeld, Elberfeld's got it all over Nazareth. Um, uh, I could not think of a, a parallel in, in our culture. And, and not only was it this little tiny town, but, but their experiences must not have been good. Um, with apologies to all the Marys here, many of you were named for the faith of this Mary, right? Um, but but Mary, the name Mary had meaning in that culture, and the meaning was bitter. And, and parents oftentimes in that culture, oftentimes in our culture we name our children with what we aspire for them to be, but in that culture they named their children for what was, what was happening. So, so their experiences... Uh, there in that little bird called Nazareth must have been bitter experiences to name their their daughter bitter, right? And many of our minds are going back to the story of of Naomi, right, and Ruth, and 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 Naomi means sweetness. We have one in our family, and and uh, and Naomi said, "Don't call me sweetness." She says, "Call me Mary. Call me." bitter because of the losses that she had sustained. So as we, as we return today to this amazing story, I, I'm, I'm guessing that, that in, in some way you can relate to this story, right? Cause, because you have had that phone call. Right? You have had that experience where your world turned upside down in a moment. In a moment, right? It might have been a, a phone call late at night or, or a letter in the mail or, um, God forbid, a, a word of betrayal by a trusted friend in your life. Um, once in a while, our worlds get turned upside down. And I, I just want to say they need to be turned upside down, right? If we're going to grow in the image of Jesus, if we're going to move beyond the obsession of our culture with, with pleasure to, to something deeper, at least to an emotional level of maybe happiness, but as Pastor Bill prayed, that, that, that we could press through even the, the temptation to settle for pleasure or for happiness to the joy on the other side. Right? If we're going to press through to the joy, then we're going to need some tools. That's why I'm so grateful for God's Word, that it brings us exactly what we need when we need it. I'm so grateful for the familiarity of it, right? And for um, the, the fact that God's Word, the story we've told every Christmas for 30 years, speaks fresh to us today. So, so what do we do when our world is, is turned upside down? I'm going to guess that, that there are some natural responses. There are some go-to things, right? 
Uh, that happened not just for Mary, but for all of us. Um, the scripture is very clear. She was greatly troubled, right? She was troubled, not even, not just by the, the phenomenal thing that an angel was in her room speaking to her, but, but she was troubled at the message that the angel brought. And, and, and Luke tells us that, that she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Hail, highly favored one, right? The Lord is with you. Are, do you not, did you not read the sign on the outside of town? This is Nazareth, right? I'm 14. What are you talking about? I'm always drawn back to the story of Gideon, too, and when wave after wave of Midianites would come over every year, year after year, just at harvest time, and, and, and would steal the harvest. After they did all the hard work, would steal the harvest from them, and they would live in caves hiding from the armies of the Midianites, and and Gideon hiding in a, um, and, and this me kind of putting that story together, hiding in a wine press, sifting inside where there's no wind, right? Um, sifting just so the Midianites would not see him sifting and come and steal his thing. The angel shows up to him and says the same words. I, hey, oh, highly favored one, right? Well, this is favor. Favor someone else, right? It's like Tevye in, in, in Fiddler on the Roof. If this is what it means to be chosen, choose someone else, right? God, she was troubled. And, and I'm guessing that you have experienced that. She didn't understand, right? She, she did not understand what God was doing. And, and I'm guessing that you have felt that too. I, I watched my dad through this season, this ending season of his life, he just, we kept saying, Dad, this is what you would like to do, and he just could not understand it. He, he just couldn't wrap his brain. No, this is what I want to do. Dad, you can't take care of yourself, right? But, but no, this is what I want to do. Um, Mary had no frame of reference for what the angel told her was going to happen to her and through her. And, and, and not only did she not understand, but as, as happens for me, and I guess happens for you, when you don't understand, sometimes it's very frightening. It's very, whenever your world is going to change, uh, fear is the natural response, right? The same thing was true for Zechariah. Six months uh, prior, Zechariah was John the Baptist's father, and an angel appeared to him and told him what God wanted to do through him and and. And he was afraid. Do you remember last week when, when uh, Ahaz heard in that incredible prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, had heard that two armies were uniting against him? I mean, his natural response, there's no judgment or condemnation. That's really natural stuff. If, if, if fear wasn't our go-to response, then, then the Bible wouldn't have said 365 times, right? Don't be afraid. The very fact that it does says this is an experience that is common to humanity. When we look to our own resources, when we look to our own self here. And, and so Mary was troubled. She did not understand. She was afraid. So how do we press through? How do we turn the fear into joy, right? I, I walk on a, on a thin line here because, because um, 
in a sense, joy is a, a byproduct of other things. We're going to see in just a moment, right? But at the same time, Scripture speaks of it like it's something that we can choose. We can choose. Remember, that's why he commands rejoice, right? That means choose joy. Choose joy in the midst of this. What, what can we learn from the story about choosing joy when our world, like Mary's, is turned upside down? One powerful realization we saw. That's why I had uh, um, Beth read so much further in our scripture today. comes from this amazing song of Mary after she had surrendered. And, and she, had, she expresses this this key that helped her turn her fear into joy. And it was the powerful realization, God has done great things for me, right? God has done great things for me. So precious to be with two families, uh, um, Barb Rinshaw's family and, and then Cheryl's family, and they, they kind of adopted each other. If you guys are watching us right now, you know that we love you. And, and they were sharing me that, that, um, that Barb just became another daughter, that she, she, was, she was number five, right? Uh, she, was, she just was adopted into that family. And it was such a beautiful expression of, of love toward her. But, but that realization was 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 amazing. God has done great things for me. We celebrated yesterday. What gave Barb such peace in, in the midst of overwhelming knowledge that, that her days were very limited, where, where in our minds cut short, right? Um, this realization. How, how can I, uh, how can I, uh, disbelieve what God is doing. Uh, God has done great things for me all my life, right? He's going to continue. He's going to continue that. And today we celebrate Barb is with the Lord in glory. It doesn't get better than that, right? Oh, my goodness. One powerful realization, right? But but embedded in, in Mary's story, too, were two life-changing truths. There are probably 15 life-changing truths in there, but two that I want to bring again to your attention uh, this Christmas season. Um, the angel's words to her were true. Just because you're facing your world turned upside down, just because you're facing trials does not mean that you are alone in this. The Lord is with you. Right? And I think that that's a little bit of a, a modern, it's a big modern misperception that if the Lord is with you, then everything is, is perfect. Everything goes just according to your plan. But, but pick a Bible character you know, and, and trace the story of their life and you realize, no, no, a part of our becoming like Jesus, is to walk through 
challenging circumstances, difficult circumstances. But nothing changes just because our circumstances, whether self-inflicted or imposed by somebody else or God's sovereign purpose for our life, nothing changes the fact that we have Emmanuel, God with us, and no one can take that away. No circumstance can take that away, right? The Lord is with us. And that, that amazing revelation changes everything. Mary thought, okay, this is, this is mind-boggling. Um, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon me. The power of God is going to transform me. And Yahweh, the living God, is going to be the Father of my child, right? I mean, I, I can't wrap my brain around it to this day. To this day. How, how can this be? And, and the angel says, nothing. Nothing is impossible for God. And as we do every, every Advent, holy season... Um, we ask ourselves, ooh, what impossibilities have crept into my life, right? What, what have I begun to believe will never happen, right? And I just had like five come to my mind just now, just now. And, and, and I love the Lord. I trust his word. I've read these same scriptures year after a year, but do you, you, you catch my drift? It seeps into our lives, those impossibilities. And I think it is, it is a way that we can somehow reconcile in our brains that God's timing is not our timing, right? And so it's easier to assume that it's, that it's not going to happen than, than it is to wait in the tension. There it is again, isn't it? Waiting. Waiting for God. Lord, it's sometimes so hard to just trust what you have said and then to wait, God, for that perfect moment when, when your plan is revealed and your purposes are fulfilled. I pray for my sisters and brothers here right now, very possibly whom you might have brought to their minds uh, impossibilities in their life. God, I pray that you would grant us the courage that you gave Mary, that we could hear your words through Scripture now, what she heard through the angel. Nothing, nothing in heaven or on earth or under the earth, nothing is impossible with God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, not only did she have an amazing realization and, and accented, the scripture accented a couple of, of life-changing truths, but, but her response is so amazing, again, particularly for her age, uh, right? Um, she had three amazing responses. The first one, let it be to me... According to your word, right? 
according to what you have said. Luke 1, 38. Did she completely understand it? Was fear absolutely uh, chased from her? No, I think all those things are saying it's still true, right? Uh, uh, oftentimes, the fruit of our, of our faith comes after the obedience. Well, all the time, right? Comes after the obedience. And though she did not, I don't believe, completely understand. I, I can't understand it 2,000 years later. Though she did not completely understand what God wanted to do through her, she risked believing and she risked obeying. May it be to me according to your word. I, I do love God. He knows our vulnerabilities. He knows our humanness. Uh, uh, when, when he absolutely says something that blows the doors off of our mind, uh, what he wants to do through us, um, oftentimes he's prepared the way, right? And six months before, for the first time in 400 years, God had spoken into humanity. And, and uh, though slow to respond, Zechariah did uh, uh, respond uh, Mary's cousin, that's a revelation for some of us, Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, in her old age, became pregnant with, guess who? John the Baptist, right? And, and so now we got a problem for Mary. Mary is, is going to show real soon. And, and this is a culture where, where the betrothed had every right to put uh, his betrothed to death if they suspected that she had been unfaithful in that engagement, right? Um, God tells Mary that, that there's a miracle that, that's already happened that you can go see, right? And, and probably uh, anybody lived in a small town knows small town dynamics, right? It's really good to get out of Dodge here, right? Yeah. Um, and so she went to Elizabeth. And, and God gave her a front row seat on a miracle, right? And, and so it was there, uh, looking at her uh, aging cousin, we believe, who was pregnant with John the Baptist, that, that, um, that Mary got this little affirmation. Oh, that goes back to the body of Christ, doesn't it? Um, how important it is to affirm one another. Uh, I'm so grateful for many ways that you guys have blessed me and affirmed me uh, for 30 years, but especially in the last week. Uh, but um, it means so much to me, right, when, when you affirm what God is doing and when you bring the Word of God to me again and you comfort me with those scriptures. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. Well, well Mary's heart just broke loose with what we call the Magnificat, right? This magnificent song slash poem of, of expression. Now we're still, the baby's not born yet. Jesus has not come yet. This, this expression of faith is happening before the realization has come. Uh, but she expresses in such beautiful language, right? Um, uh, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, 
my Savior, right? Uh, one version translates it, my soul magnifies the Lord. And I love that illustration. I've used it with you so many times, but we were having a little bonfire out in the driveway um, a couple of weeks ago, and Chelsea got out her, um, Chelsea's a amateur astronomer, and she got out her big um, uh, telescope, and, and we were looking at Jupiter. And I heard her saying it to the kids, and, and, and I, I was a little surprised. She said, you could see the moons of Jupiter, right? And, and, and then she went and looked at her. Here's our big glaring full moon right there in front of us. And, but she's looking at the moons of Jupiter. And, and so I, I went over there. I was just astounded at the power of magnification, right? That multiple lenses working just together in, in conjunction brought what was so, seemed so distant and far off uh, to, to full color right before me. Right in front of me. She even had a way of putting her phone on there so that you could see it on the phone screen, what was going on on the telescope. And it was, it was just astounding. But as I shared with you in previous years, a telescope uh, can be used wrongly, right? Oh, yeah. uh, lenses can be used wrongly. And if, in fact, you flip that sucker around and, and looked in it backwards, it would take what was very close and make it far away, right? Uh, have you ever done that? Do you remember that when you were a child? Just looking backwards, all of a sudden, Dad, you just went, whoo, where'd you go? Um, what is our life doing, right? Are we magnifying the Lord? Or are we diminishing the Lord? Uh, Mary said, my soul. And I, I think it's aspirational. This is what she wanted to do. My soul magnifies. That's what I want to do, God. I want to make you large. I want to, I want to um, help people see you more clearly, like the moons of Jupiter. I want, I want you, God, to be made present. Right? I don't want to take what is close and, and make it seem far away. So, so Mary said, I want to magnify with my soul the Lord. But, but look here as well. This one verse later in, in 147, she said, my spirit chooses joy. Right? Remember, joy is not pleasure. It wasn't pleasurable what, what she was going through. Right? It, um, she, she wasn't necessarily happy that her life would be at risk Probably the rest of her life, she would be ridiculed and diminished. And we saw that happening. It doesn't translate well into English Bibles. But, but in the story of Jesus, you can see and, and hear the voices of people. I'm not going to use the word, but describing in their culture who he was as an illegitimate son, right? No visible human. The rumors had been, had been uh, spreading, you know. This is an illegitimate son. Why in the world should we believe what he's saying to us now? And, and, and beloved, as you live out the Christ life, as, as you have enabled all these things to happen in your life through your obedience, then you will face the same thing. You will face the same pe- thing. People will ridicule you and, and declare you Illegitimate. They will flip that telescope and try and diminish the Christ in you and make him seem far off and away. So, 
So what you do with the truths that we're talking about today is really important. It's really important. It will steal you. It will prepare you. It will strengthen you for the challenges to come. So let me just finish by saying I want to look at the differences in Mary's response. And we could, if we had more time, we'd go back and compare them uh, verse by verse with Zechariah's response or with some of the prophets' responses. But, but let me just summarize it by saying Mary believed God's word, right? Mary believed God's word. I had a beautiful conversation, I think it was upstairs in River Point last week, with a man that I had just met. And, and uh, he came from academia, and he had all these reasons. He found out that I was a follower of Jesus, and, he, and, and, and so he started dropping all these questions on me, right? And, and uh, it was, I, I loved it. It was beautiful because he had integrity. He, he really wanted to know the answer. And he wanted to know why I believed this, this Bible, this document, right? He had all the, all the arguments why he shouldn't believe it. And then he found one guy who believed it, right? And, and, and it was so fascinating. It was such a beautiful conversation. Uh, Elizabeth recognized this and said to Mary, Blessed is she who believed, right? That there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And I believe Elizabeth's words come down to us today. Blessed are you, brother. Blessed are you, sister, who believes that there will be a fulfillment of what God has said will happen. She believed God's word, but she chose also to bear the Christ. I'm getting a little metaphoric right here, but but um, we have that same privilege. Not uh, that will never happen again. It was the ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. Remember, immediate, uh, uh, intermediate, and ultimate responses. It was the ultimate response when when Mary uh, said yes. But in the same way, each of us has that opportunity to say yes to God. Each one of us can bear the Christ, not physically now, but, but spiritually. We can bear that Christ and represent him to the world. She chose to bear the Christ. May it be to me according to your word. But she also experienced the blessing of obedience. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment, right, of what was spoken to her from the Lord. She believed, she bore, she experienced the blessing of that belief, and she pressed through. Come on up, worship team, if you would. She pressed through. Have you noticed that, I mean, it would be one thing if God just said something would be true and boom, 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 right? But as we have discovered in our understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, there is opposition. There is opposition from the world around us. Everything, and and the scripture uses the world, it's talking about the culture around us. Everything in the culture around us is opposed to the things of God, right? Um, There is an evil one who is not God, who is not Jesus, but, but 
he's not omniscient, omnipotent, he's not any of those things, but he is opposed and he has messengers who will whisper in your ear, right? Um, did God really say that? Right? He'll whisper in your ear, that can't be true. God is lying to you. You're being deceived. There is the presence of evil. There is an evil one. Uh, some of you are stumbling, but, but Jesus believed in the devil, right? He, uh, so, so I'm going to believe in the devil. Uh, he, there is an evil one who's opposed to the things of God. But, but hey, even if the world was not completely opposed to to the things of God, even if there wasn't an evil presence, my own flesh is vulnerable, right? There is a, there is a nature in me that has been uh, overcome at the cross, but until that day when Jesus, I had such an image of Jesus holding um, Barbara's face and saying to her, be glorified, right? Um, until that day, when he says to us, be glorified, then there's going to be a, a, um, a continued battle in our own flesh. Right? The world, the flesh and the evil one are all conspired against this. So, so what do we learn from this 14-year-old girl? Press through. Press through. Though you stole my scripture earlier, um, I just asked him at the last minute um, to... Uh, pray for us today. Um, but when Jesus was looking at the cross, right? Jesus was fully God. But he was fully human as well, right? Uh, when he was looking at the cross, 